0: Ladies and gentlemen, this is El Cochino, Tom Lawler, and I'd like to welcome you to the podcast that puts the lotion on its own skin Lucha World. Bitchin'. Welcome everyone to Lucha World Podcast episode number 92. Fredo Esparza here. This week we have two big shows to talk about. Um, As earlier in the month, we had Ray de Reyes from AAA's um, back in March 4th. That'll be the first show we'll talk about. And then the second show of this month was the most recent, CMLL's Dos Leyendas. Uh, two very different shows, one I liked, one I didn't really like. Um, I thought A show was at best okay. We also have other news to talk about, including Alberto Patron returning to AAA, um, LA Park, and this, the, all these challenges that are going on between AAA's um, roster, including Dorian, um, Psycho Clown, Nihon Fantasma, Mamba. Everybody's challenging people who are not in AAA. A. We'll also talk about the Impact versus Lucha Underground show at Wrestle, coming up at WrestleCon. That's going to be streaming live on Twitch. And we'll also be talking about a new investment opportunity for all of you listeners um, who want to get into the wrestling business. I don't know if you guys want to invest in this. It's, you know, it's wrestling. So I, 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 I personally wouldn't recommend it. But, you know, some of you guys might like this. Some of you won't. It's up to you. It's your money. I'm not gonna tell you where to, how to spend it. Uh, we'll also be talking about um, a couple of other, uh, of other things that have happened over the past couple couple of weeks, including Caristico. Um, you know, he briefly was briefly appeared like he was gone from CMLL, but um, he's back. He's working with the Crash. Also, uh, Ray Mysterio Jr.'s injury. A bunch of a bunch of news. This. Um, this past th- these past couple of weeks but the before we get to all that the first thing we'll talk about is um, Rey de Reyes and um wanna b- talk about triple Rey de Reyes I thought it was an okay show you know your typical triple a show where actually I thought this was a lot better than guerra de titanes and but you know it was it was a it was pretty disappointing as the as the show went on it just it it there just is, there just wasn't anything that you know really peaks your interest in wanting to watch it or rewatch it again and you know that's that's kind of been triple a's problem with their big shows they usually don't have anything that you really want to rewatch again they most of their big memorable matches i mean other than you know obviously the mass matches and stuff like that but even that like they could be a bit of a letdown but usually your your best matches you end up being on some random television taping and it's usually like one match and that's basically it for a while but this show, um, I thought this show kind of started off pretty well. It was supposed to start at 4 at four p.m. Pacific. They they aired on Twitch. They started the show actually at 4. And talked for about 20, 25 minutes. They had their two co- um, hosts, Ho- Jose Manuel Guillen and um, Hugo Savinovich. They're still not offering the, the show in English. So it's all in Spanish. Unless... <laughs> well actually it's all in 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 spanish except for um the the appearances of vampiro vampiro has been doing um did um steve austin's podcast and the cubs fan recapped the entire thing you could find that on his website luchablog.com um he recapped some of the some of the stuff that vampiro talked about on that podcast and apparently not only not only does vampiro have a lot going on in uh, every day of um the week but one of the things he brought up was that um that he um he does live cut-ins during the TV shows, which he had actually brought that up at one point. Actually, he brought he brought up something on his um Facebook page where he was talking about this new thing that they were gonna do on Twitch, where he was gonna have his own channel where he was gonna talk about the what was going on during sh- during the matches. Well, what ended up happening was on this show they basically um, showed this smaller screen. Of, uh, and vampiro was sitting in the you know in the in gorilla position talking about um you know what was going on on the show <laughs> and uh i guess they didn't have it synced properly so the announcers would start talking and vampiro uh, wouldn't be on and when vampiro would appear the announcers didn't know if he was on so you would have vampiro just conf- complete looking completely confused i thought that was one of the highlights of this of this show um if they do more of that, I'll, I'll probably watch more AAA TV. If they don't do it, I won't, just because I found it pretty amusing that that um, he looked absolutely lost most of the time, and then other times it was basically your 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 usual vampiro making jokes and um, Hugo and Hugo Hugo Savinovic reacting. Jose Manuel really didn't get most of the jokes, or really didn't want to be part take part in all that stuff. Also, because they start, they would they would go to the, at one point they cut in, cut towards on Vampiro, <laughs> right as the match was going to start, so they basically just had Vampiro sitting there, like staring the entire time. So, so while the announcers are intro are doing their introduction to the show, talking about what's going to happen, um, Jose Manuel Guillen and Hugo Savinovich start talking about how they 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 were going to add a surprise match, which ended up being um, Fabi Apache versus Lady Shawnee. Although the way they were talking about it, it kind of seemed like at first that they weren't sure what kind of match it was going to be, but I think Hugo, Hugo later on mentioned like that it was going to be them just going one on one. So the show starts at about four thirty. We didn't get any dancing fruit on this this um, event, so I don't know if Ray the Rays was that big of an event. If you're not, if you don't have no dancing fruit at the beginning of a Triple A show, I don't know if it's a big event. Um, so the show opens with Fabi Apache. Beating Lady Shawnee. I thought this was pretty good. I I think their last match might have been slightly better just because Fabi was so stiff in that match. And so, like, it kind of looked like a little more... Um, it looked a little more aggressive from her side of things. And this one kind of, like... I think Lady Shawnee did a little more. But the, the the way it came across, the other match seemed a little more... um, A little stronger. Um, this was... Oh, and also, um, Estrella Divina interfered, so so Hugo Savinovich is just shocked at how big, how huge Estrella Divina is, and I'm not sure if he realizes she's an exótico. So that's that, and I think Vampiro kind of got got that later on because he kept making jokes about that, wanting um to introduce Estrella Divina to Hugo Savinovich, um, but yeah, I thought this match was a pretty good opening match for rey de reyes i think that's the one thing you could we could we could expect out of a a triple a AAA, um big show where they'll usually their their opening match should be good then they got into the rey de reyes um semi matches where every single one of the matches was going to have a luchador sorpresa unfortunately none of them were, were really surprises mostly just guys coming back from injuries and uh the, the first one was Pimpinella Scarlata, Dave the Clown, and Angelical. Taking, and, and the surprise in that match was Rey Escorpión, which wasn't that big of a surprise since he's pretty much on every show anyways. But um, he ended up winning by pinning Angelical. I thought this was a, a an, an okay match. Angelical looked pretty good in the match. Rey Escorpión looked solid. Uh, actually, Angelical did a really cool um, um Dorneo to the outside which i really liked um but it, you know it was it was it had dave the clown in it and Benella, so it, it it was okay at best um third match on the card was um another semi rey de reyes semi-final match this one had scoria masra de bronce bengala and the surprise in this match was Arhenis who we just saw like in not I, I don't know if it was the last taping or the previous tapings because I even remember um, yeah, it had to be the, the previous one, the two week, the two shows ago. And Arhenes wrestled injured so basically while he, whenever he did like a big dive or anything he, he when he would land, he would sell that he was hurt. I think at one point he grabbed the wrong leg or something, but he kept he kept I think he grabbed his ankle at one point because he might have like he, he might have hurt it, but then he, he, he grabbed the leg that he he was hurt. Bengala ended up winning this one. This one was actually really good. Uh, Mascara de Bronce looked good in this match. Uh, Arjenis looked good. Bengala looked really good also. Scoria did a, a really cool torneo. Um they did a combination where um Bengala, Bengala hit a tope and I think Scor- Scoria hit a torneo through the middle rope. Looked really good. Mascara de Bronz really looked good in this. I thought this was the best match on the on the card really. You could have stopped watching the rest of the show after this match cuz cuz if if you were just going to want to watch good wrestling, that probably would have been it. Um, the rest of the stuff was, you know, it was okay but not that great. Nothing you're gonna like regret missing. Um, the fourth match was Hijo del Vikingo, Angel Mortal Jr., Cuervo, and the surprise in this match was the returning Pagano. The Rey the Reyes semifinal match three, Hijo del Vikingo surprised everyone by winning. Um, Pagano actually hit this um this um dive that he 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 climbed to the top rope and he was supposed to hit uh um, land on um. Cuervo, who was on in within the crowd, like in the first row. And it almost looked like Pagano wasn't going to make it. But fortunately, he made it. Hijo del Vikingo ended up pinning Angel Mortal Jr. Hijo del Vikingo looked really good in this match, but this match wasn't as good as um, the previous um, Rey de Reyes, Reyes semifinal. The fourth Rey the Reyes, Reyes semifinal was Dinastia, La Parca, Venom, and the returning Messias and i guess they they're they're reviving the messias laparca feud you would have thought they would have done more with dinastia venom but dinastia venom were basically just there to be carried around and beat up by laparca and messias um, and they didn't really do that much unfortunately it was more of um laparca versus messias laparca made messias submit to an armbar submission and um, as soon as uh, i don't even think he i don't even think um messias waved he was trying to grab the bottom rope and the you know doing the struggle towards to grab the bottom rope, but the ref ended up just you know saying he submitted messias rolled out of the ring and kind of waved goodbye to everyone and La Parca went out and uh, like punched them or attacked them and it kind of it it, it kind of seemed like messias just wasn't having any of it um and he didn't he really didn't want to do anything with la park at that point but you know that seemed like that seems like something to look um that should be interesting to see what happens with Macias and um, if it's going to be something where they're just going to start feuding. Although, you know, La is busy feuding with someone else at the moment also. Um, the sixth match was uh, Poder del Norte beating those OGTs to retain the AAA World Trios titles in the TLC match. Uh, other people liked this match. Other people liked how um, how this match basically had um, basically had a lot of like interesting moments in it, but to me I just kind of felt this match was really flat. The crowd didn't seem into it. I don't know what I mean, the the early portion of it, I didn't really see any like anything that it just it just seemed re- really boring and then like you get at the very end you get a couple of like cool spots where um you know they're they're going through tables and stuff like that, but they didn't use the they didn't use the ladders. Um they didn't hang the the titles off of out of you know hang the the, the titles so people could could climb up ladders to grab them. i mean that's the whole point of a tlc match i would think um and it's, i didn't really get this match and you know if people liked it that's fine i didn't you know i i, I don't think i don't think it's it, it wasn't it wasn't anything that i would really want to rewatch again it it, it just had a slow pace at the very beginning I, I didn't really like it um there was blood but you know it wasn't it just wasn't my thing the final the rey the reyes final was rey scorpion La Parca, Hijo del vikingo, and Bengala. If La Parca wasn't in this match, I think this match would have been so much better. Unfortunately, he was in this match. And um, Hijo del vikingo sold an injury when he hit a a shooting star press to the floor onto Bengala. Rey Escorpión is... Basically, La Parca has Rey Escorpión beat when Dave the Clown shows up and uh, pulls the ref out of the ring. Then he climbs into the ring and um, hits a backcracker on um, La Parca. And then uh, Ray Scorpion hits the front cracker on La Parca for the win. And that's that's your winner, Ray Scorpion. I thought, I mean, it's cool that he won. But, you know, it was a very underwhelming um, Ray that Ray is. Nothing, nothing to really get too excited about. Um, the eighth match on the card was a um, Atomico's match. Hijo de Dr. Wagner Jr. teaming up with Hernandez, Monster Clown, and Murder Clown. They beat Ray Wagner Maximo, La Moscara, and Psycho Clown. this match was really not that interesting. Hijo uh, de Dr. Wagner Jr. pinned Ray Wagner, his father. Um, that really was the, the big highlight of that match, but I did not really this wasn't this wasn't interesting either. I mean I don't know. At this point, at this point, this match just was there. Like, I really think this match, they could have just gotten rid of this match or just cut just gotten rid of this match and given the the main event a little more time because for whatever reason the main event seemed very short Hijo del Fantasma beat Tejano Jr. in the mask versus hair match they they basically had um, earlier in the card in the opening match um, Hijo de Tirantes was the referee and Vampiro came out with the commission and they kicked out um, Hijo de Tirantes told him he wasn't gonna he wasn't permitted to officiate on the show so in this match, Tejano Jr. had grabbed the mic and announced that his second was going to be Hijo de Tirantes. And then Hijo de Fantasma announced that his second was going to be... Um, actually, the music played and Vampiro and Fa- and Hijo de Fantasma's father, Fantasma, came out. And Vampiro ended up leaving. He Before leaving, he made the match a no-DQ match. Um, it's a Mass vs. Hair match and it's AAA. It's always going to be a no-DQ match anyways. And he told Fantasma that if um, Hijo de Tirantes... Got involved that he could beat him up, and you know the match. Match was okay. Um, there was a moment where Fantasma grabbed Tejano Jr. on the outside, and Ijo Fantasma hit a tope, but Tejano Jr. moved, and Fantasma, Fanta, Hijo Fantasma ended up hitting uh, his father. His father ends up hitting his head on the on the side of the table, so everybody's worried about this, and they bring out a, a, a stretcher. And while they're, while, while they're carding, while they're getting um, Phantasma on the stretcher, Tejano Jr. Um, is telling them, that's what happens f- for getting involved, Phantasma. It's all your fault. And, you know, a lot of people are worried about because because of the stretcher thing and all that. But if you watch the entire show, as I mentioned, um, Argenes, Hijo del Fantas- vikingo and I think even Angelica, all were stretchered out earlier in the card. So basically, they were stretching, stretching out so many people that it kind of, to me, it kind of looked lost a lot of the significance. There were a couple of people who uh, were talking about how oh we hit the table and stuff, but it's like you know, when you're doing that all the time, it it kind of just, it's it's kind of like the boy who cried wolf type of deal where you you just you just can't believe it nearly enough. The match continues. Hijo de Tirantes gets involved. He gets bloodied up. Um, I think everybody ends up bleeding. Ijo Fantasma gets his mask ripped. Tejano Jr. is probably the only guy who doesn't bleed in this match. Ijo Fantasma ends up beating Tejano Jr. Fantasma later comes back. Mir- miraculous recovery. And he's there to see... Witness his, his son shaving Tejano Jr.'s hair. Only problem is we don't get to see the entire thing because Twitch goes off air. So we end up just seeing... I think we only... i couple of people said that they kind of saw uh, when when they started cutting some of Tejano Junior's hair but they didn't show the entire thing so you know, that, I, that was kind of a bit of a, a letdown um, overall I thought the show was okay but you know it wasn't that um, it wasn't anything that I would consider too, um, too memorable um, I'm pretty sure it's it it didn't really feel like anything too special or anything like that. I mean, you could kind of tell some of these guys they they don't they know where they're they know where they're putting all their effort, and I, and you know you gotta remember they just had tapings, Lucha Underground tapings Thursday Friday Saturday, and I, I would think Iho Fantasma and Tejano Jr were on um wrestled on those, they probably did a lot better on those shows than um than anything that they did on this, the match just felt really short disappointing overall an okay show disappointing main event it's triple a that's triple a for you guys in other triple a news actually they had a press conference to make some more announcements for triple mania and i think they also gave out some some um lineups not lineups um, some some shows that they were going to be running you know as part of their their um tour to heading into um triple mania or whatever they call it but the big news at the press conference was Alberto Patron would be wrestling at Triple Mania. He later did a couple of interviews, including one with um, the Mas Lucha crew, where he brought up that he not only would be working Triple Mania, but he would also be um, he would also be wrestling an additional five to six matches with AAA. Um, that includes Triple Mania. So the big one is going to be Triple Mania. I don't know if that's those other five six matches are before or after or within the year within he did mention that there were dates he did mention there were date he gave them dates during the year so i guess it is during the year um probably he'll probably work a couple i'm guessing i'm guessing he's going to have to work a couple of shows just to lead up to whatever um to build up wh- whoever they're going to bring in as a international star um that's who his opponent is going to be at triple mania it's going to be an international star they didn't say who it was They've kind of hinted to a, to who it might be. The obvious person that they were hinting to early on before this even came about was, um, they wanted Chris Jericho, but I don't think they're going to get him. Um, then Alberto started hinting towards somebody like Rey Mysterio. Um, it could be anyone. Nobody really knows. You pre- He said it's a friend, so you know you pretty much can throw in Rey Mysterio, Jack Swagger. Uh, there's There's a couple of other guys that you could throw in there. I don't know. It, it it's it's Alberto. I'm not as excited I'm not as he's probably more of a he's a bigger deal for their fan base than he is for me. I'm not a huge fan of his, so that wasn't that that that's not that's not something I'm really looking forward to. Even less than that that I'm looking forward to at Triple Mania is the return of Copa Triple Mania which was horrible last year. So of course they're bringing it back. Dorian Roldan said that they were gonna um they were gonna change the format. Because they felt there were too many people involved in the match, uh, I'm guessing that's probably not even going to make be a big make make a big difference. It's probably going to be just as bad. They they basically brought in Psycho Clown and and del um, Fantasma because del Fantasma by winning the the mask versus hair match against Tejano Jr. was in was going to be in the Poker the Asses cage match. del um, Fantasma immediately said he thought they shouldn't make it a cage match. He that they should instead. Um, have it be a have it be a, a, a regular match, just you know a four way match, so they could get to you know show do more. Um, I think Ijo Fantasma starting to realize <laughs> cage matches aren't very um, they don't really work for you know high flying luchadors or and you know or guys who actually do more than just you know brawl inside a cage. They end up they end up start they start talking about who the other two guys should be in that match, and rather than like point towards guys within the promotion. They start talking about you know they start grandstanding like like bringing up CMLL guys like Atlantis. They brought up Rush, who doesn't have a mask. Hijo um, Fantasma mentioned Rush, but um, he's been he's been mentioning him on on his social media quite a bit. He didn't know that they that Dorian had said that they were all gonna be masked wrestlers. So when he said that, it was pretty much just him going off of what he had been bringing up on social media. Um, it's not gonna happen. It, it's not gonna be him. They also brought up Mister Niebla, um, LA Park. They did bring up Blue Demon Jr., who is with AAA, and a couple of other people, but it was mostly guys who weren't in AAA. Um, Dorian said something about how Alley Park should work AAA so he could be in a in a in a in a promotion that, where he could draw. Um, if you watched Ray the Reyes, it really wasn't this. I guess this kind of irked LA Park, although it's probably also worked. I'm sure. I'm sure he if they if the money's right he would actually go there, um, but. Ali Park made a, made it this really funny video where he's uh, working out, you know, boxing, hitting the hitting the the punching bags, and um, he talks about how he's, he's he has a lot of respect for um, Ray Wagner. He loves the he he thinks he dresses well. He drives nice cars, but he said he has nothing against him. He doesn't have anything that he wants since he dropped his mask, and the guy he wants to wrestle is Dorian Rodon. <laughs> so Ali Park. Turned this whole thing around and decided to challenge um, Dorian Roldan to a match, and he told him, "If you think, if you think I can't draw in your hen house, his gallinero, then um, you know maybe we'll draw. I'll draw again, I'll. I, I'm. I can guarantee I'll draw a house against you. And if I do, I'll then face your um your next your new generation of um stars. Although all AAA's current generation of stars are just guys that were recently like." you know, have been around for a while. So it's not, it's not this, it's not a, a new breed of, it's not a bunch of new guys that LA Park has never really faced. So that was really the, all the news at the press conference. Um, they've had a couple of, they had a TV taping recent, recently, which was really horrible from what everybody had, everybody else had that watched it. I checked, um I was watching, uh, I can't remember what I was watching, but um I was checking my Twitter feed and I noticed Cubstand was talking about how horrible it was. Then Dylan on Lucha Talk told me it was really bad. I mean, come on. It has Dave the Clown main eventing. You should you should know better. And the rest of the card looked horrible, except for the opening match. Anytime it has Hijo Bikingo, it's probably gonna be pretty good. But the rest of the stuff, I mean, it looked really bad. Other news involving uh well not involving AAA, but um sort of involving triple A. Um, impact. Will be um Impact announced that they were gonna have a they were gonna run a show at WrestleCon and it was gonna be Impact versus Lucha Underground. It will be streaming live on Twitch, April sixth. They've already announced a couple of matches. It is already better than anything. Um, I think it's probably better than anything we've been watching. If you're only watching Lucha, it's probably the and really anything else. Um, it's probably the best lineup so far. And they haven't really meant said much, but um they've announced three matches. Desmond. Desmond Xavier, DJZ, Andrew Everett versus Drago, Aerostar, and King Cuerno. That should be really good. Um, Jeremiah Crane versus Eddie Edwards in an I Quit match. LAX versus the Mac and Killshot. And they also mentioned that Phoenix and Pentagon Dark would be on the show. So I think I think Penta's wrestling like two or three shows that day, that same day. So he's gonna be very busy, very tired. But that looks like it's gonna be a good show. Should be fun. That's probably that's probably the the, the 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 show that of anything involving AAA talent. That's probably the show I'm going to want to watch more than anything else. That they, anything they're going to do, really. Other news: since we last did the podcast, I'm sorry to say, CMLL and Lucha Elite have broken up. This shouldn't surprise anyone. Um, CMLL immediately announced that there was um, they had they were no longer affiliated with Lucha Elite. Because and they were not because they weren't working directly with they they were never contacted by Azteca TV concerning this show. So since then we've pretty much have not heard anything from Lucha Elite. And um, the funny thing is that right after that announcement, Caristico was supposed to team up with Volador Jr. in the in the tag team in the World Tag Team Tournament. And um, that Friday, suddenly Caristico was out with an injury, and he was replaced by Valiente. Um, Volador Jr. was happy. He said uh, he'd rather team up with a guy that he could trust, and he he considered a friend than Caristico. But Caristico, they said, he said nothing. CMLL said he was injured. I think the following day, Caristico said he was um he was injured, or but he was like working out or something. And then like a couple like I think maybe like a couple days later, the Crash anou- had announced that um Caristico would be on their show. So about for about a weekend. Everybody thought Caristico was gone from um, CMLL. Turned out that he actually was injured or he claimed he was injured. I'm guessing it was more that he didn't want to team up with Volador Jr. Just because it's, you know, those guys kind of like, Volador Jr. really got kind of like, even, in, I don't know if it's um, how serious he is with his um, comments about Caristico. But I, I'm guessing it's probably just a little, it was a little too much for Caristico. I don't think they, and you know, also, eh, I don't know. You know, it would have been it would have just been a tag team that they were gonna eventually want to break up. So it would have just continued the tradition of um, CML tag teams like Nero Casas and Shocker or Ray Bucanero and Tijuana, who you pretty much figured were gonna we're gonna have to break up at some point. So Caristico is back with CML. He just worked the Puebla show, so he's 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 back. He's he's back in the fold. Um, he ended up wrestling the Crash and t- uh, replaced Ray Mysterio, who tore his bicep. Um, recently he's he announced he wouldn't be on the crap that that crash show like the day before it happened um, a couple of days before it was um it start. It, it was it happened this past saturday but um he hasn't really made any comment about whether or not he's going to be at um the upcoming new japan show which you know I, i'm sure by the time this get i post this he'll probably make the announcement he's not going to be i don't think he's going to be able to wrestle on that because he said he's going to be out for a month so then cml basically since we last did the podcast, all you've really missed is a lot of tournaments that they've had and they were they weren't very good. Honestly. They weren't there were stuff that you could have skipped. I think there was maybe one match that you that you might want to like check out. I think it was a Dragon Lee Mystico versus Sanson forestero match. And even Hiller, even funnier in this, um, they um Tritonin and Esfinge won the Arena Coliseo. Tag team titles from Disturbio in the final against Disturbio and Virus. But um, prior to that, Sanson appeared on um, CML and Forma, and he basically mentioned how it was a mistake that they vacated the the Renacoli Sale tag team titles uh, because they vacated them at a time where um, they didn't realize that the final was going to happen at Dos Leyendas. I have no idea how that happened. I mean, CML was the one that planned it out. I think they even announced the final was going to be that day, so it was. It was basically all, a, 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 you know, a, a brain fart on on CML's programming department's fault. Sansone pretty much had to be the one that, you know, had to look bad in all this. So CML's Dos Leyendas happened this past Friday, March 16th. Um, they honored Mil Mascaras along with Salvador Luteroth. Before the show started, they had Mil Mascaras. Um, they had a press conference for Mil Mascaras that um, he, he gave a lot of... Uh, he talked about how all these other interests he has, but um, he's not going to stop wrestling to pursue these other interests. He has two or three books he wants to publish. He has some oil paintings that he thinks he said that were going to be displayed in a gallery. He said a bunch of other stuff that... But basically, at the end, he said he just... All, with all these other interests, he still plans on continuing to wrestle. Um, he's going to do that later on in his life. Um, I think he's like 78, 80 years old, so... Hey, you know, maybe he'll be around for another 20, 30 years. And that's what, that's his plan. Good for him. Dos Leyendas. they also honored him middle in the, during the, I I guess, mid part of the show. They honored him. And um, I'll bring this up now because I don't want to stop while we're talking about the matches. He brought up how, he talked about how he brought up women and and how um, if it wasn't for women in his life, one one woman being his mother, he wouldn't have been born, and the other woman that was standing right beside him, Sofia Alonso, the CML. Currently, the CML's she she's the she's kind of the figurehead that we see now uh, more public. Her and Gala Luteroth are the two um, Luteroth family members that we see more now of. Uh, we don't see Paco that, at all, and um, it's really them two that are, are really the the two people that we're, we're seeing more of. Mill thanked her and said that be, if it wasn't for her, he wouldn't be in being honored at this show. Um, they kept it short, for, uh, fortunately, for those of us who didn't really want to hear long speeches during this show. The show aired on iPay-Per-View, and if you ordered the iPay-Per-View, you know that there were issues. Um, there was some trouble just getting the, the website to load. Uh, I think a few people couldn't get it to load, so they didn't watch it. They probably asked for refunds. Those of us who got it to work, the the video worked fine actually, which was weird. the 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 website loaded forever, but once you got to the video, the video started rather quickly. The only problem that came for me was that during the fourth match, I think as as the match, I think as the match was starting, it just stopped working. Yeah, it actually was. It did happen because it was Atlantis was um locking. Up, he was in, he was in in there with um, I think it was Ultimo Girl. He was in there with him, and and it just froze. And then just came back at the end of. Um, I refreshed it. It logged me out. I had to log in. It took forever to get back log to get back in. I think a few people couldn't get back in. I was able to. Then um, I it got to the very end of it. Internet TV was getting a, a lot of people who were were kind of upset about this. So they basically said that they were going to give out refunds. They they answered my question when I asked them if it was going to be available as a VOD, and they said it would be. Uh, I didn't watch. It was only one fall, so you know, and it was a girls' laguneros match, so you already know what's going to happen in the first fall of that of their matches. Um, let's get to the rest of the show. The opener was Aldaz, Flyer, and Star Jr. beating Disturbio, Templario, and Virus. Um, the crowd was really behind Virus. Loud chance for Virus. I think it's really cool that he's now getting that reaction from fans. Um, it's not just the the root. It's probably mostly the the dominant. The dominant crowd of um, Rudo fans, and you know that they have, that were chanting. But you got you get a lot more people cheering for him, and I think that's cool. Um, match was really good. I think this was probably one of the best openers CML has had in the last year or two. I kind of liked the other one that they had. Uh, when Aldas, when Aldas went from being Fiero to Aud- to Aldas, I thought that w- I really liked that one. Audaz is a star. I mean this guy's gonna this guy has tons of potential. He's he's a lot smoother than a lot of the other um young technicos that CML has. They really should be doing an en Busca de un ídolo this year or at least I'm going to assume that if they do the the gran alternativa Audaz and Templario will probably be in the final. Don't know who they'll be teaming with. Probably Adas teaming up with Volador Jr. and Templario teaming up with Ultimo Girl. The way this um, promotion works. Flyer and Star Jr. look good also. Disturbio and Virus. everyone look good. Templario is another guy who's really talented. He looked really good in this match also. Um, I just thought this was a really fun opener. Definitely the match, I thought there's really two. It, it, the mask match and this match are the two matches you you really should go out of your way to watch. If you haven't watched it. If it's available, I'm sure the the mass match will be made available on, um, I think it'll air on television here in, in the US. If it's still airing, I don't even know because I stopped watching the Azteca show. Um, I'm pretty sure it is. The second match wasn't very good. The crowd pretty much died on this during this match. Um, Dallas, Zuxis, La Seductora beat Marcela, Kaho Kobayashi, Princess Azuhei. I thought the only time it was pretty good was when Kaho was in there with um, Zuxis, but match was very slow it it, it it was probably a better better than usual women's trios match i think that's the trouble we get so many of these women's trios matches and they do the same thing um i think they probably should have gone with a like a dallas zooks versus um kaho kobayashi princess Suhei tag match made it a little something different or maybe just switched it around up i still think they got to do one fall matches for women's um tr- matches because I just think it's it, it gets a little too repetitive. Their matches get too repetitive. And it's a, a smaller division of women. So And you know Sedutora was in the match also. Um, third match was the Munoz family. Dragon Lee, Mystico, and Rush. Beating the Dinamita family. The, the Dinamita, Dynastia. Um, Sanson, Forastero, and dos 2000. Thought this match was okay. Pro- it was better than the previous match. Um, because the crowd was really loud for this. Because they were really up... They're really booing Mystico and, and Rush and, and Dragon Lee a bit. Masscarñodos me didn't really get involved in the match that that much. He pretty much stayed in his corner whenever Dragon Lee and, and Mystico were in the match. I thought it was an okay match, not not that great. Um, Rush, they, the one thing they did do is they got a lot of um, the crowd really got into this match. Probably a match that you probably would have liked more if you were live at the at the arena than while watching it. Because watching it, it was kind of just, you know, it was just there. Uh, fourth match, uh, Atlantis, Matt Taven, Niebla Roja beat Euphoria, Grand Girl, and Ultimo Girl. Your typical Girls Laguneros trios match. Um, I thought it was an okay match. You know, it gave you the big finish with Atlantis, you know, getting the win with the with the Atlantida. Um, Matt Taven, Niebla Roja hit dives to close it out also. Um, it was an okay match. Fifth match. Valiente and Volador Jr. beat Rey Bucanero and El Terrible in the final to win the CML World Tag Team Titles. I thought this match was good. Um, the first two falls, skip, you know, your same old, same old, as far as uh, th- these matches go. Um, but the third fall was really good. Guys were really in. They really picked it up. The crowd was behind. Was into it. Um, they kicked out a big big moves valiente hit his valiente special on Rey bucanero and Rey bucanero caught him el terrible got hit by a tope from volador jr and he actually went into the into the went over the guardrail they they did a lot of cool stuff um to close out the match you know like with everybody trying to hit their their big move to get the win um but in the end valiente and volador jr won now now the, you know, it's funny because we had we had Terrible. It would have been a total CML thing where they would have had them win the tag titles. Uh, they could have had Ray Bucanero and Terrible win the tag titles. And, you know, this whole thing of them breaking up because Terrible is with the Ingobernables. But, you know, even with Shocker and Nero Casas, Nero Casas was with Besta Negra and Shocker was with the other, um, with the TGR group. So, you know, they've done it before. I think it's better that they had Valiente Volador Jr. I, I get the feeling that, The way they had this planned, the way they kind of had this planned out was it was going to be Volador Jr. and Caristico winning the titles. And at some point, Sansona and Cuatrero were going to be their top challengers or they were going to be in the final. Or somewhere in CML's programming department, whoever wasn't paying attention when the final was going to happen probably thought that that would have been a cool final, only to realize you know, Cuatrero was in the main event. They couldn't do that match. So I'm guessing that's probably going to be the tag team that they're going to face. Along with the, you know, the girls Laguneros, the random trios. It would have been cool if they would have done um, Rush and Terrible versus these guys. Because I think it would have had more, it would have been a far better match. And um, they could have just thrown Piroth into that third match, you know. Really, the, the, I, that would have I would have been okay with that. The main event... Cuatrero beat Ángel de Oro in the mask versus mask match. Ángel de Oro, uh, re- after he removed his mask, revealed himself to be Miguel Ángel Chávez Velasco from Torreon, 29 years old, 12 years of pro, still very young, definitely has a, a, a future ahead of him. You know, he's probably going to, you know, unmasking probably, I don't know if, if it helps him as far as getting um, more work at the independent level, but, you know, it might actually be something that, you know, if WWE ever calls call, comes calling again, they'll probably see Ángel de Oro and Niebla Roja as good-looking guys <laughs> that they could bring in. Um, anyway, the match itself was really, I thought it was great. Started it off with Ángel de Oro missing a tope and hitting the guardrail as Cuatrero got out of the way. And from that point forward, the first fall was basically just Quatrero dominating that fall. Second fall, Ángel de Oro got the win with the Mesedora into La Campana. I really dug that finisher. I think the one thing that you notice with Ángel de Oro compared to Niebla Roja is that Ángel de Oro doesn't have the... He doesn't have the... He doesn't have the, the amount of moves that um, Niebla Roja can go to. And also Niebla Roja, if you think about it, he be, he totally changed his style of how he works when he went from Rudo to Tecnico. Um, he's, and also from, from him, I'm asking. I don't know if Ángel de Oro is going to do that because... Um, he's he stuck to the same um, his same uh, plan that you usually get everything you get from Ange- Angel Doro and every other match he did in this match I think Quattrero did a great and you know it's it's fine it actually worked in the match the only difference is Quattrero is really good third fall really good um, a lot of um, a lot of big s- spots the best one was really at as the match was closing out um, Angel Doro had um Quattro in the in the in the campana. And he loosened it up. It, there was actually a botch spot before that also. So um, I think before or after that, there was that botch spot where uh, in the corner where they kind of messed it up and they had to like just, you know, improvise from there. But um, in that Campana spot, it kind of led to a lot of controversy because a lot of people were like wondering if, um, if Angel Doro screwed up or, or what happened. But, you know, I think it kind of worked in storyline. Because afterwards they talked about that move and they each had a different point of view as far as what happened in that move. Ángel de Oro said that he was, he was overconfident and he might have loosened the move because he thought maybe he had, um, had given up. Whereas Cuatrero was saying that he thought Ángel de Oro was weakening and he loosened the move because he just couldn't. He just lost. Um, he was pretty much weak at that point. Quatrero wins the match with a powerbomb. Um, really good. Uh, and, you know, you had a lot of fans in the crowd. You know, the, the women crying because the lost. And you had Quattro, like, mocking them. Sansone was um, in the corner. He was very well-dressed in the, in the match also. I, I must add, he probably was best-dressed second in, in, in Lucha Libre history because he, 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 he dressed very... Usually guys come in with their, you know, with their either their gear, their wrestling gear because they wrestled earlier, or they go in with, um you know, like a jumpsuit or something, or a tracksuit. So... I thought that was um that was cool that he actually wore a sports coat. anhoro and un- unmasked. he had his um yeah he, ha- he asked his for his father and his mother to um join them in the ring as he unmasked. really cool. I thought it was a very emotional um, moment. Uh, I think that's the one thing CML has the edge over any other promotion in a big mass match, they're still able to get that same feeling that that you you know, especially if it's a good mass match. I usually like the you know that the Diamante Diamantistle ones are are shitty, but um and the cage matches ones are really dumb, uh, but these like the anniversary and Dos Leyendas they usually mean something, and I I like this one. I thought it was a good I thought it was a good show. Um, if you were if you're if you really wanna um, it was only ten dollars, and I thought it was worth it. The mass match, um, the opener, and the third fall of the the tag match, and we also got the dance segments. So you know, as everybody everybody knows that listens to the show, I'm a huge fan of the dance segments from the Diosas del Ring. Um, So, yeah, overall, I thought Dos Leyendas was far better than anything that um, we got from Rey de Reyes or Guerra de Titanes from AAA. So, yeah, that was that. That was CML Dos Leyendas. Um, Some news coming out of um, actually some other news as far as uh, what's going on in the world of Lucha Libre. Uh, Blue Demon Jr. will be getting will be receiving the Lucha Libre Award at Cauliflower Alley Club. In Las Vegas this year, I may actually not go just to protest this. Honestly, <laughs> I should just tell Kurt that I'm like I'm not going because I'm I'm protesting uh, Blue Demon Junior being honored at the Cauliflower Alley Club. You know, the the one thing they're probably gonna do is they're probably gonna show a lot of the Blue Demon Senior. Um, um, they're probably gonna make a montage of his stuff. Hopefully, they actually do realize that Blue Demon Junior isn't isn't Blue Demon Senior. Um, the other news. And this is the investment opportunity I was talking about. Aerolucha has started a crowd crowdfunding deal via We Wefounder. It's at wefounder.com/aerolucha or something like that. Um, they basically are allowing fans to purchase shares into the promotion. But the problem is you have you the investment starts at the, the low is at 100. I don't know. I mean, I think we went through this with the Jeff Katz situation a couple of years ago. I know Mass Republic tried something similar also. I can't remember what their thing was because I know Jeff Katz one was like he was going to like do similar to what um, Lucha Underground where they did a, a, a season tapings. And that was what he was going to post. People that, that, that invested or like, you know, could donate it would get like something out of it. But this is um, their goal is to get over one million in this crowdfunding thing. Um, They have a valuation of nine point four eight million. That valuation is very high. I don't know if it's it's pro wrestling. I mean, I don't know. I mean. I don't know. Some of these other promotions are struggling. Every time I talk to a promoter, they're talking about they're, you know, you just have to listen to like all these guys talk about how they're always losing money. They're, they're maxing out their credit cards and this is just like the independence. I mean, if you're not WWE, you're like, you're, you're struggling. If you're not WWE, New Japan, you know, CMLL. If you're not one of those promotions, you're either like really like you either have to be realistic and realize you should stick to being smaller or you're struggling Or your your, the company that's actually like investing money is losing money, really. Because I mean, Lucha Underground they don't sell it. I don't think they make anywhere, I don't think they make anywhere near what they're spending on like their 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 tapings. And I think Lucha's, you know. The other news from this was that um, if you go on the page, they have this timeline of the last from when they started to um, to what they what they, to. Putting together the the crowdfunding deal that they have, and um, right in November 2017, they have Rey Mysterio joining Aero Lucha as a co-owner, and uh, or part owner or something like that. And there's a lot of people who don't who are wondering what that, how much he's invested in it, because um, you know, you hear his name being brought up as uh, possibly joining, returning to WWE. Although I don't think that would hurt. You know, I could, I'm sure he, he could own. You know, this—it's a business. You know, if you're viewing it as a business, he could own. A, he doesn't have to like necessarily be wrestling there. But the whole point of, um, I think, a lot of people—the whole point that they would actually want to invest—is that they would have Ray Mysterio. Um, the trouble there is, Luch Underground had Ray Mysterio for a while, and I don't think it added anything to their, um, to their promotion. I mean, they're really still the. There's less buzz in with them now than there was at the, at when they first started. I mean. And, you know, I, I don't want to... It's not to, like, disrespect the talent or anything. It's, like, it's not it's not talking about them. It's talking about the promotion itself. They don't really do anything. It's, it's like, you get the... the like, they're doing the TV tapings. You don't... Where you're hearing all the information is from, like, the, the people that work for it. But you're not getting it from, like, the main, you know, promotion. Because they don't want, you know... Besides... We can't even put results or like spoilers or stuff like that because, you know, they get the they, Lucha Libre FMB will just send you a, a legal threat. And, you know, who wants who wants to deal with that, really? And who really cares? I mean, I, I mean, honestly, I went to a couple of shows when I went to their shows, Lucha Underground shows. Um, I went, I watched them. I didn't remember anything that happened like by oh, a couple of days later. So it's like I don't understand. Like it's 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 silly. Like, I read the... Sometimes I'll read the spoilers. I've read all the spoilers that um, Dave Meltzer has posted in the Observer's um, newsletter. And I can't tell you what happened. And besides, it's out of order. And it's you're not even getting the, 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 the skits and all that other crap that they added to the TV show. So, I mean, you're only getting maybe, like... You're probably getting half of it. Half of what, what you're going to get on television anyways. And even then, you're, like... You have to cut that into, like, another... Like, a quarter of it because... What they're what they, when they when they're filming it they're going out of order as far as matches go so you know you don't even know what the order is of the of the show so you're like you're gonna be pretty confused about it anyways I don't understand it um, anyway back to era Lucha I don't know I mean I don't really I don't really like their whole thing was like they were talking about how there's a lot of Hispanics who watch WWE and you know I think a lot of us who listen who who, who watch Lucha Libre we know people who like wrestling but they like WWE they're not going out of the way like you know not everyone watches everything like like I like wrestling but I'm not gonna watch you know WWE or I'm not gonna watch Impact and then you have other people who like WWE but they're not going out of the way to like go watch you know um New Japan Pro Wrestling or Lucha Libre or um CMLL or you know like any other any other Lucha Libre really or or Ring of Honor or stuff like that so it's like I don't really see how that's um I don't see the connection there. They're not really being realistic. And, you know, also, I also don't think they're a Lucha Libre promotion. They're kind of just using the name. The lineups they've thrown out there have had um, Shane Helms. Um, they they they, they, don't, they seem less Lucha than Lucha Underground does. And Lucha Underground, I mean, if you read some of the spoilers that they've had, um, they have a lot less guys that because of the, the, the visa issue, you know, you got to deal with all that stuff they have a lot more of uh, American um, indie talent than they do Lucha. So, you know, guys from Mexico, because when when I think Lucha, I think guys from Mexico or guys, you know, who work Lucha Libre, you know, Latinos or, you know, guys who like, or, you know, like, it doesn't have to just be Latinos, Americans that work Lucha Libre style. And, you know, I don't think of Tommy Dreamer as a luchador or like, you know, whoever else they're bringing in. They're not really Lucha. So, yeah. Um I don't know what's going on with Aero Lucha as far as that that crowd they're they're at last time I checked they were at eight. They had eight investors and they were up to about one thousand three hundred and forty four dollars. So maybe by the time you listen to this it will be more than that. I'm hoping they get to at least twenty people just because it, it would be kind of embarrassing for them because i mean they have so many people and you know that's the other thing they have social media and all this stuff and i don't really see it being brought up um all i see brought up about Errol is um the harris twins you know the the whole nazi thing and you know that's that's also not not something you want um they don't mention vince russo like that's the funny thing like they have nazi guy they have nazi um alleged nazi you know I don't know what you would call it. That's they're fine with that. But Vince Russo is like the one they and rightfully so, because Vince Russo is an asshole. So I don't mind that. I don't mind them not bringing up Vince Russo. Yeah. So that's that's pretty much what's going on in Lucha Libre. Um, We are currently, as of right now, safe from tag team tournaments in CMLL for at least a week. (laughs) So um, enjoy that, everyone. We are tournament, tag team tournament free for at least one week. Unfortunately, they'll probably be putting um, those boring minis matches and um, hopefully they like do something different with the women. Unfortunately, I doubt they will. Um, That's basically it for this week. Um, Oh, we got we have a lot of AAA TV tapings this week. So if any of you guys want to watch that on Twitch, feel free to do so. I probably will not be watching any of those. I'll probably just watch like a match or two if they're good. Because you could tell what's going to be good if it has Hijo the Vikingo or the line the, the the group that's in there. You know it's going to be good. The rest of the stuff isn't really. I don't really care. I mean, I don't care. I don't need to know the the history of the buildup to what's going to happen in Triple Mania because you know why? They don't really give a crap about it because they're going to change it by that point. So it doesn't matter. So I'm probably going to watch. I'll probably you know what I'll probably end up watching something um. I'll probably be watching Boone the Bounty Hunter on Netflix. That's what I'll be watching this week, for those of you wondering. So yeah, um, that's all for this week. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. And remember, you can stay up to date on the latest Lucha Libra news by visiting luchaworld.com. You can support the site by signing up to the Patreon page at patreon.com, luchaworld which features the Lucha Classica podcast. And we just added a new magazine right up now, available covering late December 1986 through January 1987. Um, it talks about um, the the return of women's wrestling to Mexico City. That's kind of like one of the big stories. It also has this really good interview with Lobo Rubio. It was He just came back from a back, a back injury, and he talks about how he was part of Los Temerarios with Black Terry and um, Jose Luis Feliciano. And because he was out, he let them move on. They added a new member called um, at that time, which was Shu El Guerrero, and he, when he came back, he could have rejoined them, but he decided, you know, he let Shuail Guerrero continue on with them, and he decided just to go on his own. So it's a good, it's a good write-up. I think people would enjoy it. Um, it has some results from, um, you know, UWA LLI, otherwise known as El Torreo, um, EMLL's. Um, I think it's an Arena Coliseo show, the Arena Pav- Pavillona Azteca show. And an Arena Nakalpan show, which is the Moreno family running that back then. Um, so, yeah, check, check that out. Um, thanks, everyone, again. And we'll talk talk to everyone again soon.